0: If you have your Bibles. Uh I'll I'll preach real fast and you listen real fast and we'll get out in time and uh I told our group they just wanted to know if we was gonna have ice cream or whatever. I got a one hearty's coupon. So <laughs> I don't know how good that'll do, but uh if you have your Bibles, uh Luke fifteen, that's a very familiar portion of scripture and you may stand and as we read and uh, uh I've been uh kind of going back and forth over two sermons all week and uh and just this afternoon, this is what God kind of settled on our heart, and uh, this is something that uh, I think applies to all of us, and uh, Kites heard this, I think, back in January, and uh, since they didn't get it then, they're going to listen to it again, so. <laughs> oh, boy, didn't they sound great, though? Yes. Yeah. Yes, amen, and uh, behind every pastor's a good choir, <laughs> so. They left. I didn't know it was on TV a while ago. I I wish I'd brought my 3D glasses. Y'all would have looked real, you know. All right, Luke chapter 15 and verses 1 through 6. And this is um, a New King James Version, so it may read just a little bit different than yours. Uh, Don't run me off, okay? (laughs) Then all the tax collectors and the sinners, what did they do? They drew near to him to do what? To hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes did what? Complained. Saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders doing what? What does he do? Rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. Let's go to Lord in prayer at this time. Lord, I thank you. Thank you for everything that has transpired today from our morning services and Father, the lessons that were taught there and the Tabernacle of Children that was at our church this morning. Thank you for this church and what it means to my heart and, and this community. Thank you that they're opening their doors for us tonight. Well, Father, I don't believe anybody's here by accident. I believe it's by the divine will of God. And Father, we pray for the next few moments. It'd be so easy for us to think about things that's going to transpire tomorrow. Or the upcoming week, with appointments and jobs, school being going back, It'd be so easy to for our minds to wander. But we pray for the next few moments, Father, that you'd guard our hearts against the wiles of the devil. And Father, fears one here that does not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Father, we pray that before this service is over, they'd walk to aisle and accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Father, if there's one here today that's discouraged, Father, they they are contemplating quitting on God. We pray right now that you get a hold of their heart and encourage them tonight, whether it be a warm handshake, something to laugh about, or the Word just pierces their heart. Father, we pray for that person that comes tonight just wanting their cup filled up. We pray that you begin to fill that cup up and, Father, before this service is over, be so full that it will flow out on somebody else. So thank you, Lord, for the privilege and opportunity we have to be here tonight. For it is in Jesus' name we pray and for His glory. Amen. You may be seated. When I first, uh, you know, every once in a while you read the Bible and and it just seems like at all times that you read a scripture and then all of a sudden one day it just jumps out at you on what God is trying to say to you through this scripture. I'd read this scripture for a long time and then back around Christmas time it began to jump out at me exactly what Jesus was trying to say to me personally on it and it, it is this. Every time that we come to church, I remind our folks over at Scenic Heights that somebody, when they walk in the building, they are probably somebody that is sitting there that is hurting. And I don't mean physically. I mean spiritually. They are hurting. Folks, I want to be honest with you tonight. Our country is in a mess. This is not the America that we grew up in. And guess what? It's the church's fault. And part of it is because of the culture around us. And I read a story not long ago about uh, a sheriff's officer. And I get to ride around with our sheriff's department a little bit on the chaplain's thing. And, and it reminded me that sometimes you can't change a person by the environment that they're in. You've got to be responsible for yourself. It's time we quit blaming everything and everybody for the condition that we're in. But I'm telling you that we have an opportunity to change hearts and lives right here in Westminster. This church is not here by accident. It was planted here by the Lord Jesus Christ to bloom right where it's planted. But every time that you come in these doors, there's probably the chances are that somebody's sitting right behind you, beside you, right in front of you that is hurting tonight. They have a load that they are carrying. They have a load that is such a burden on them. You may be sitting here tonight and you're worried about your finances, a job, or your family's falling apart, and you're just worried, sick of what's going on in your heart and life. Somebody is sitting here tonight that's hurting. I guarantee you there's at least one person that their life is in turmoil tonight. Well, I'm here to tell you that there's hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. In these first uh, few chapters in Luke, uh, Jesus begins to paint a great picture about the lost and those that are separated from God. I am so glad that there was a day that somebody spent time and witnessed to me as a lost person. I'm glad for people like uh, Vincent that uh, showed up and taught RAs. I'm glad for people that prayed for me and supported me and witnessed to me and gave the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to me. I am so thankful that there was a time in my life that I found out that, guess what? I was lost. You can't get saved unless you're lost. And it's hard to get people lost now because people do not know what sin is anymore. And one of the things that we've done in our society is, is that we've brought Jesus down to all the other gods that you hear about. Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And Kenny, you said I could uh, scratch me out of place, right? So here we go. I may never get to come back to a first badness. But I want to tell you something. I'm grateful that God gives second, third, and fourth chances and multiple chances. Some of you may be sitting here tonight that you've uh, run the gamut. You've went away from God and then you came back to God. I know one thing. I pastored a church in uh, uh, Georgia around Clayton years ago. And I learned one thing. If you backslide, God will send you to Georgia. Is anybody from Georgia here? <laughs> uh, there's wonderful people up there. It was up on the mountain, and we had a great time. Stayed there about two, two and a half years, and God was good to us. There came a time when, you know, you're thinking, God, are you going to ever use us again? And God opened up a door. So I've been at Seneca's for 18 years now. God has been good. But some people think that we have a load to carry, and you've got a load to carry, and so whatever that load is, is you need to be encouraged tonight that Jesus will help you carry that load. One of the things I pick up on these verses is simply this, that when the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to Him, I'm so thankful that Jesus didn't say, hey, you've got to dress a certain way, you've got to be a certain way, you've got to do this a certain way, you've got to act this way, and you've got to look this way. He said anybody. And one of the greatest words that, that God puts in our, our Bible is the word come. In the book of Revelation, we just studied this on Wednesday night, and by the way, this looks like our Wednesday night crowd. We usually have this, man. <laughs> but at the end of the Revelation, he said, Come. But the thing that has hit me here lately is there's going to be the last person ever saved. Do you ever think about that? One day, the last person will ever be saved will walk the aisle or bend their knee. Folks, I believe we're close to that. So the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. Folks, it's like herding chickens get people in church now. It's, it's hard to get a group of people together and because now that's, I've got this activity, I've got that activity, but I'm here to tell you that once you get saved and you put God on the throne, guess what? He becomes important to you. I'm glad that I became important to Him because here in this scripture it tells us that He left the portals of glory to come down and to seek and to save that which was lost. So I'm going to give you a progression of events here that I hope will help you that if you're carrying a heavy load right now. You may be here tonight, and I don't know what kind of load you're carrying. It may be health-wise. One thing I've learned, (laughs) the older you get, your body kind of wears out. A few months ago, we had back surgery, and they put these big old screws in me, and I went to the doctor for a follow-up on that, and he said, well, how's everything? And I said, well, it does good. I go by a radio station. I hear voices now, <laughs> but I can change the channel on my TV by lifting up my legs. So. <laughs> but I can confirm my screws are not loose. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Sometimes our. Our health begins to go, and you may be here tonight, and your health is beginning to go, and you're thinking, man, this is a heavy load that I'm beginning to carry. You may be sitting here tonight, and maybe your job has played out, and you're beginning to think, well, where do I go and what do I do? Who knows? And it may be a heavy burden that you're carrying. It may be something that's heavy on your heart because you got children at home, you got a wife to take care of, you got a husband to take care of, and it may be a heavy load that you're you're carrying right now. Maybe something that nobody knows about. Your home may be falling apart. Folks, I want to tell you, and as pastors, I want to tell you that uh We get phone calls that really disturb us from time to time. Satan wants to tear your spiritual life up. He'll come after the home. Folks, it's getting more and more commonplace. Heavy loads. There's three things real quick that I want to point out to you about this shepherd. First is is that the shepherd had responsibility. He didn't say it was my family's responsibility. He didn't say it was my friend's responsibility. He said, it is my responsibility. The sheep are my responsibility. Listen to me, Sunday school teachers, deacons, and music people. Those sheep are precious. And everybody that you see around you has a soul that eternity is at stake. God has laid on my heart here lately about stumbling blocks. I don't know about you, and I'm not trying to be a better than thou or a holier than thou, but I'm going to tell you that there's things that I see that a Christian is supposed to be walking that boggles my mind. The Bible says that we shouldn't be stumbling blocks. And Jesus said at one time, if you become a stumbling block, it was as though a millstone that hung around your neck, you'd be better off than be a stumbling block. Folks, our world has been turned upside down. One of the major sins in my lifetime has been pornography. Well, we can hide it at home and Satan has made sure that we got internet and and in my time it started off on VHS, right? Nobody will know. You may be troubled and uh, uh, plagued by it and it's become a Heavy load. Jesus said, if you'll just come and repent and and ask forgiveness, He'll be just and faithful to forgive you. Maybe that's on your mind. One of the things that's changed in our lifetime is drugs and alcohol. we become stumbling blocks because the average Christian doesn't see anything wrong with it anymore. It's like Pepsi-Cola and and soda pop now. And I hope it... uh, doesn't offend you, but I'm going to tell you, if there's a person watching you, you're supposed to be setting an example for the Lord Jesus Christ. And guess what? You've become a stumbling block. So the shepherd said, it's, it's nobody's responsibility but mine. I'm, I'm supposed to be tending the sheep. And he left 99 of them to go after that one. How long has it been since you've been so burdened about a lost person that you're willing to give up something to go after that one? Folks, I want to tell you something. We've lost our burden about lost people. There's a lost world out there that needs the genuine article to go tell them about Jesus Christ and then live it in front of them. So the shepherd said, hey, it's my responsibility And so I've learned something, that we are to rejoice under the load that God has given us. So he rejoiced, and it says when he lost that sheep, he said, I'm going to go after it. And when he had found it, what did he do? He laid it on his shoulders, and then he did something. He rejoiced. We don't know how to rejoice anymore. It's always, give me, give me, give me. I don't have this. I don't have that. And we become a world uh, uh, possessed with materialism. Folks, I want to tell you, there's a lost world out there. And when he found it, he rejoiced. Folks, everybody knows that I'm a big Clemson fan. Buddy, I go down there and Yell my brains out for with eighty thousand people, but I'm thinking about men when somebody walks the aisle and comes down the aisle of church, and they get saved. Here's the comments that I know Kenny's heard them. We'll just give them time; they'll quit. Just give them time; they won't be here, or they come from this family; they they'll go right back to where they at. We wonder why our churches are empty and our pews are empty and our Sunday school classes are empty. It's because they haven't been important to us. So I always ask our folks, where do you see God working? Where do you see Him working? And so the shepherd said, man, I'm going to lay that sheep on my shoulders and I found that sheep and I'm rejoicing under the load that God has given me and I rejoice that I found it and when he came home what did he do he gathered his friends folks I'm going to tell you you need to take care of your pastor and his wife it's a lonely walk out here right now ministry is hard hardest I've ever seen it. very very difficult so you need to take care of them. But there comes a time when if he's rejoicing because he's found a lost sheep, you need to come alongside of him and his friends gather around and rejoice with him. And so it says that he gathered them around him and he said, Rejoice for, uh, with me for I have found my sheep which was what? Lost. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been... Baptist long enough. (laughs) And there's one thing that I've learned that our motto is misery loves company. And so I go back and I reread this thing and I look and I said one of the things that the religious crowd does is complain. So I look through the scripture and all through the scripture when people complain, God got a little bit upset. Americans love to complain. We're never satisfied, no matter what. If you heard, the uh, weather's cool. Well, I don't like cold weather. You know, it's hot. I don't like hot weather. Or you have a hot dog supper. I don't like hot dogs. Or I don't like hamburgers. I don't know why they have that. Well, did you see what so-and-so was wearing? And so we complain. Church is hot, the church is cold, and so you just make out like you're moving the thermostat and it satisfies everybody. Complain, gripe. And grumble, and all through the Scripture we find whenever somebody gripes and complains and grumbles, instead of taking the responsibility that, hey, whatever load God has put on me, I'm going to rejoice. Whatever it is, whether it's teaching, whether it's coming to church, just being a faithful member in God's house, hey, I'm going to rejoice in whatever God has given me to give. Man, I'm telling you, the sand is running out of the hourglass. Wouldn't it behoove us to be busy about the Father's work and enjoy what God has given us? Man, we ought to rejoice under the load that God has given to us and stop griping and complaining about what we do or do not have and just say, God, wherever you plant me at, whatever task you give me to do, I'm going to rejoice in it and I'm going to have a good time. Man, when I come to church, I look at where God's working, and I want to join Him there, and I want to have a good time, right? I don't believe Jesus was a stick in the mud either. I think He laughed a lot of times. If you hadn't laughed at at all today, you you need to laugh. One of the best things that my wife did for me was got me a six-foot-tall mirror. It was a home entertainment system. (laughs) And it's in 3D. <laughs> we was joking the other day. I told her, I said, uh, Pam, I said, uh, I burned 2,000 calories before I left the house today. And she said, what? I said, yeah, I burnt the muffins in the oven today. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey. All right, you awake now? Oh, all right, we got you awake. We need to rejoice under whatever load God has given us. Folks, I want to tell you, life is short. We have Christmas twice a year now. The older you get, the faster time goes. I used to laugh at my mom and dad when they'd say that, and I said, oh, I don't know, boy. It seemed like Christmas never come. Now we have it twice a year. we halfway back. And by the way, uh, layaway's happening now at Dollar Store for Kenny and Christmas, you know, so y'all go. But when he got there with his friends, he said, man, this sheep was lost. I appreciate the 99, but boy, this sheep was lost. And he laid it up on his shoulder and he's showing everybody, look, this sheep was lost and now I found it. And I want you to rejoice with me. How long has it been when you came to church that you rejoiced? How long has it been that That coming to church was not a burden, but it was something that you looked forward to. How long has it been that you said, Man, he expects us to go to the prayer room? Listen, nothing happens in church until you pray. We forgot how to pray. We forgot to ask God, okay, forgive us because we don't know what sin is anymore and so we don't respect God and so we don't come and confess our sin. If you're sitting here tonight and you've been loaded down with sin and God is speaking to you, I'm sure this altar is open and anybody can come. I always pray that when I lay my head down on a pillow at night that my integrity is intact. Folks, I'm going to tell you, a lot of people's integrity is not intact. Rejoice! Instead of being Christians and burying our head in the sand and trying to act like and look like and talk like the world, we ought to hold our head up high and say, man, I serve Jesus Christ. I'm glad I'm a Christian. But we are often loaded down and saying, man, people at school make fun of you. Let me tell you what happened when... And I got saved. I got saved and we were going to Westminster High School. This group of us teenagers decided we was going to carry our Bibles to school. I'm glad I didn't have to ask for permission. But instead of eating lunch, you know what we did? We gathered around and we had prayer. And we read our Bibles during lunch. You want to find out who your friends are? Try that. I think there's a generation that kind of got lost somewhere, but I think there's a good group of youngins coming up. God's got his hand on them. They want to know what the real thing is, what the real article is. Here's what we hear in the ministry. Well, I would come to church, but I want to come to those hypocrites. So I asked a fellow one day, and our church knows what I'm about to say. Do you go to Ingalls? Yeah. Well, guess what? On that shift is something that's looking like the real article, but it's imitating something else. Do you go to Ingalls? Yeah, I do. Well, there's something that's sitting on that shelf that looks like the real thing, but it's not. It's imitating Lay's potato chips. It's imitating Coca-Cola, but it's not the real thing. And it's the same way when you come to church. There's people that come to church, they're imitating the real thing, but they're not the real article. Well, I'm here to tell you, that's the real article that comes in the house of God sometimes. And they rejoice! They're not ashamed of Jesus Christ. They're not ashamed to come to church. They're not ashamed to carry their Bible. And I know they got all kind of technology now, but I I appreciate people that carry their Bible. Rejoice. What is your load today? Are you rejoicing under it or are you complaining? Big difference, isn't it? What is it that God has placed on your shoulders? And I'll leave you with this. What is it that you believe about this word? People will say, now I believe part, but I don't believe all of it. If you don't believe all of it, then why believe part of it? It's either true or it's not. It's either what is it that this is God's word or it's not. Dean, if i got 20 minutes yet, look at I'm land this plane here. Leave you with a question. Do you trust Him? There's a man in the Bible called Job. Job had a lot of things that happened to him. And those of you that study the Bible know what, what Job went through. I mean, he lost everything. But in the end, Job didn't blame anybody. In the end... Him and God had a conversation. And in the end, Job was blessed more than he had before. If you never studied about Job, you need to go study about it because God was bragging on Job. Who's bragging on you? Minds are wondering and hearts are wondering and the world has got a lot to offer out there. Folks, if we really believe Jesus is coming, we've got to rejoice under the load that He has given us. And I going to tell you, it gets heavy sometimes. And I personally want to thank my church. And Kenny, I know, loves his church. Because through those doors walk great people that's carrying a heavy load. Do you know somebody that is carrying it? You may be that person that they just need to talk to. You may be that person that they just need to rejoice with. They may just need to be encouraged. You'll never know what it means for somebody to send you a card in the mail. You'll never know what it means for somebody to pick up the phone and say, hey, I just want you to know I appreciate what you're doing. That's the reason we, we talk about people like Daryl and Vincent that years ago, man, I'm telling you, we were some, <laughs> they had their hands full with us, but they stuck by the stuff. it does pay off carry that load rest every head be bowed and every eye closed in just a moment we're going to have a hymn of invitation you're at a point to make a decision and Sunday will be over you can go home and your life can be just what it was when you come in or you can say God I want to I want you to help me with this load. I can't carry it anymore. And if your life matches what God wants it to be, guess what he's gonna do? He's gonna show up in your life and he's gonna help you to carry it. He doesn't say I'm gonna get rid of the load, he just says I'm gonna help you carry it. And you have that opportunity. Your pastor's gonna come and he's gonna stand here at the front. He even needs to hear you tell him, hey, I'll help you carry it, Kenny. I want to make a difference. Lord, you know every person's heart. You know every home that is represented. You know every life that's here today. And there's somebody here that's hurting, that's not willing to let go and trust you. So today, Father, we pray for that individual. Father, we pray that you give them courage to step out and follow after Jesus Christ. Father, help us to rejoice in what you've given us to carry. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.